16. Romans chapter 16, we'll be reading uh, verses 3 and 4 about a couple that uh, are mentioned frequently uh, in Scripture, not only in the book of Acts, but other places as well because of their faithfulness and their work. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Now, that phrase, laid down their own necks, was something I thought about in the sacrifice of uh, veterans, stepping into um, their, their role, uh, their responsibility, um, and um, in great danger to themselves at times. But here in the spiritual realm and the physical, um, these workers that Paul wanted to recognize and to extend greetings to them because they were helpers in Christ Jesus. Praise God. We thank the Lord for these examples. Amen and the sacrifice and the service that they uh, offered. You can be seated. God bless you. Now, serving God is a common phrase uh, that we find in Scripture. What does it mean? I'm afraid that aspect has been lost a lot of times as people uh, look at their relationship with the Lord and um, uh, think of prayer and needs and um, uh, desiring the, the Lord to display his power. I'm afraid some, sometimes we think of him as a celestial Santa Claus uh, who is going to bring us gifts and uh, uh, everything's going to be good. And uh, we can make our, our list, Lord, this is what we want. We can circle on the catalog. We can uh, say, okay, God, um, this is what I really want. And don't give me a substitute. Don't give me something cheaper. Let me have what I'm seeking. <laughs> and um, that's not how it works. <laughs> Uh, I'm thankful that God does give and does provide and does bless beyond measure. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm thankful for what the Lord does provide. And uh, we sang about his goodness, his running after me. And uh, that's based, of course, on what David wrote. Uh, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's part of that service. That's part of that giving of ourselves. You know, we expect the Lord to give to us. What are we going to give back? And it needs to be my life laid down. I surrender all. I give you everything. Praise God. Because that's how you're going to secure even more blessings from the Lord and the strength that he's able to provide. I thought about serving. Zacharias, the father of John, the baptizer, we, we touched on that in a good lesson today that Sister Donna taught. He praised the Lord and prophesied at the birth and naming of his son Jesus. Can you, or John rather, 
Can you imagine not having spoken for nine months as the pregnancy of uh, Elizabeth, his wife, uh, continued on? Um, all of the usual comments, all of the usual exclamations, all of the wonder and excitement of it all, he could not vocally give expression. And uh, I, I can't imagine how many um, sheets of, what did they have? Papyrus, um, leather, uh, a slate, I don't know. But he got pretty good at writing his thoughts and his comments and uh, sharing them with his wife, Elizabeth. Maybe she was kind of thankful of that condition, I don't know. <laughs> you can imagine, though, uh, the difficulty uh, of it at that time. But part of his, uh, it was actually prophecy, part of what he said is recorded in Luke 174. And uh, it, it was lengthy, as, as we know um, what, what the angels had to say, how Mary sang, and uh, the questions that were asked, and all that would unfold uh, at the birth of John and Jesus is pretty amazing. But here, Zacharias is saying that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. And he goes on and, and qualifies it and describes what that service is going to be like. In holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Praise God. That describes the relationship that we're able to step into as we serve the Lord and call upon his name. And uh, Zacharias went on to tell of John's future, his work, his ministry, the things that he was going to do in fulfillment of prophecy that had already gone forth at Isaiah, Malachi, and so on. I'm glad God fulfills his word. I'm thankful that his promise is not just spoken into thin air and forgotten like so many, uh, so many would do. But the Lord fulfilled it, praise God. And I'm glad deliverance from our enemies, no matter what or who or when, the Lord is able to fulfill that. And we serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives because of the changes that he brings, the changes that he makes uh, in our lives as we turn to him in obedience to his word. Jesus said in John 12, 26, and notice again the emphasis on service. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Notice again that, that uh, the emphasis on serving and how the Lord opens it up. If any serve me, praise God. I'm thankful it's anyone and, uh, and, and always open to man or woman, um, child or elder. God is interested in having everyone be in service to him because, again, it's relationship. It's what the Lord desires to have for us. And so he opens the opportunity to everyone, any and all, to serve him. And we follow him in serving him. It's not a, a, a salute at, in, in one opportunity to acknowledge him, but we follow on to know his power and his blessing 
And the Bible says, honor comes from the Father to the one who is serving him. Praise God. So serving is a strong attachment and relationship. Paul gave a call to the Corinthians that uh, was very strong. I beseech you, therefore, and we can hear uh, his... Um, we, we can hear his enthusiasm, his passion, his desire for everyone to heed what he has to say. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. There again is that qualifying of what it's going to be like. And, and then he says, that's your reasonable service. Reasonable service? Why did he call it that? Because it's based on the mercies of God. You couldn't have made the change uh, in, in your uh, lives if you spent the rest of your life trying to measure up to the word of God. It wouldn't, you wouldn't make it. It takes God's grace. It takes his mercy. It takes his compassion. It takes his blood, his name, his spirit, his word, on and on. All that he's given to us, we're able to move into that realm of knowing how we can present ourselves as a living sacrifice. That sounds like a misnomer. That sounds like something that could not be. Sacrifice means the end of something, the death of something. But praise God, we can live for the Lord and die out to ourselves, denying ourselves, denying our flesh, and so on, crucifying our flesh, but living unto the Lord, holy and acceptable to him. Praise God. Not unreasonable. It's reasonable. <laughs> and the, the hand of God is there. Praise God. Now, uh, serving in the military and serving God, I know there's no, uh, there's no direct parallel that's there. There's no direct comparison. But some of the same elements apply. There's still commitment. There's still endurance. There's still tenacity. There's still sacrifice. There's still time that's, uh, that's dedicated and, and so on. And so um, in my attempt here today to show service is what we uh, yield to the Lord. That's where we want to understand and give thanks to those who served as well. David's mighty men. The last words of David um, is, is how 2 Samuel uh, 23 and 1 is mentioned. Now, it's not the exact last words because he, he goes on and mentions several other things. But it's interesting that that verse helps us to understand that David was identifying what was most important to him. Of course, Solomon, his son, the building of the temple, the challenge that was there. But he includes listing his mighty men. That was important to him. And um, uh, he, he uh, goes through the 37 names that are recorded, and some Gentiles are listed. God can include anybody, and thank God he does. He includes us. Amen. I don't have any Hebrew heritage, but that didn't exclude me from being called into the church, out of darkness, into his marvelous light. Thank God. His mercies follow me. Praise God. And uh, not all of the mighty men being Hebrew, Gentiles included, because God can include whoever he wants. In fact, you look at the genealogy, it's kind of hard to read the genealogy sometimes, so-and-so begat so-and-so, so-and-so begat so-and-so, and the names are odd and, and uh, different and don't fit our Western culture that well. But four women who are Gentiles are included. 
God can include anybody he wants. And I'm so thankful he included us. Praise God. Now, those mighty men, amazing exploits. They prevailed against great numbers. Against all odds, they were victorious. They were able to step forward and, uh, in service to the Lord. And I'll, I'll, I'll just mention a few because of our time. Eliezer is one of three who stood with David when the men of Israel were, were absent, and, and they were just a small group. And they smote the Philistines, and uh, Eliezer was there until he was so weary that his hand could not release the sword. You, you've, you've done work with a shovel, or uh, I can remember a compactor uh, do, working at that pneumatic compactor. It was horrible. Uh, but holding it down and trying to compact the ground, and uh, my hands cramping on that thing. It was, I didn't enjoy it at all, especially since my coworker would get his part done, and then he'd go over and break a blueberry branch and stand there and eat blueberries while I'm trying to work that compactor. But imagine that sword, and he held on to it until his hand wouldn't release. We've got to hold on to the sword of the Spirit. We've got to hold on to the Word of God. You can defeat the enemy with the sword of the Spirit. You can defeat the enemy with the Word of God that is powerful and alive, praise God, and see what the Lord is able to do and the hand of God being manifest. Benaiah is my favorite. And uh, I'm, I'm just amazed at the, the three incidents that are recorded here uh, about him as one of David's mighty men. He killed two lion-like men who were champions of Moab. And um, two of them, you know, it would, it would seem two against one is not going to work out too well. But Maniah made it work in his favor. And then on a snowy day, I, I don't know, probably didn't have snow uh, like we have here. Probably didn't have uh, the one degree temperature that greeted us this morning. But nonetheless, Benaiah followed those lion tracks and he pursued them and uh, no doubt adjusted his, uh, his, his uh, garments and made sure his spear was there and his sword and so on. Whatever armament and whatever weapons he had, he did not stop following that lion until it went into the den. And probably he paused for a moment to just kind of look and see, uh, let's see here, how am I going to do this? How, how is this going to work out? I, I'm, I'm sure he didn't disregard the threat and the danger of going into the lion's den after that lion. But it didn't stop him. He went on in. Praise God. A seven and a half foot tall Egyptian with his sword that was like, or a spear rather, that was like a weaver's beam, however big that is. You can imagine this fellow who could make millions of dollars in the NBA today and how he towered above Benai, but didn't stop him. Benai went with a staff, took his spear away and killed him with his own spear. You can take what the devil meant for evil and have the Lord turn it for good. You can see the hand of God displayed as you serve him, as you walk with him. Thank God for that power and that blessing he's able to bring forth. So now we come to Aquila and Priscilla. Paul had met them in Corinth. They had come from Italy because Claudius, the emperor, had expelled all the Jews from Rome. And so here they are. And Paul, no doubt, taught them. If they weren't already converted, he taught them, and he explained to them. He baptized them. He prayed them through to the Holy Ghost. Whatever needed to be done, praise God. But they were co-workers with him, fellow laborers with him. 
and, uh, uh, and, and their skill, their trade, was making tents. Now, modern translation says that's uh, perhaps a leather worker. I don't know. I think tents uh, were pretty uh, valuable and, and available and useful uh, at this time as they traveled various places. So more than likely, that was their craft, and uh, they, they practiced it uh, with the Apostle Paul. But can you imagine the studies of Scripture that they had as they... Uh, moved out their material, and I don't know if it was canvas, uh, skins, I don't know what it was, but all of the measurements, all of the cutting, all of the stitching, all of the work that was there, and they're sitting probably close to one another, and uh, Paul is saying, hey, you remember what Isaiah said? And, uh, you know, uh, stammering lips in another tongue, I don't know what all went on, but oh my, the, the opportunity to share the word of God and the blessings of the Lord that was there. And uh, I, I'm, I'm sure they, they must have heard about Zacharias declaring we're delivered out of the hand of our enemy and we're going to serve him. Praise God. That's exactly what happened to Aquila and Priscilla as they uh, fled from Rome and now end up with Cor in Corinth and meet the Apostle Paul. But because of opposition... Paul had to be encouraged by the Lord. And you read about it in Acts 18 and 9, how the, in a vision at night, the Lord spoke to him through an angel and said, Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. That's what we would pray for, uh, for the active military and those who are serving God there. And it can be a light and it can be an opportunity to share what the word of God says. Amen. And uh, the Lord spoke further to Paul, saying, I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. Corinth was a huge uh, met metropolis. It, it was, it was a, a, a large, large city that was given over to sin in so many ways. There's people in this city that are going to serve God? Oh, yeah. Everywhere there's people that can serve God. We just have to continue to find them. That's why we give to Christmas for Christ, because we want to send somebody to those communities for them to hear the word of the Lord. It, it would stagger you today to know of how many cities in our country that have a population of 100,000 or more, twice the population of the Kenai Peninsula, no church preaching this truth. Hmm. God help us. Amen. But the Lord told him, there's many people here. There's a crowd here. There's a church here that can serve me. So don't hold back. Don't quiet down. Don't be intimidated. Don't hold your peace. Speak out. Praise God. And the opposition grew, but so did the acceptance. Amen. And uh, verse 8 talks about the chief ruler of the synagogue, Crispus, who believed on the Lord with all his house. I like that. I like that. With all his house. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. There's a, 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 a particular individual who is mentioned, a ruler of the synagogue. Somebody like Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Praise God. Oh, yeah. Anybody. Everybody can believe, and many in Corinth, in that sinful city, thank God, believed and were baptized. Thank the Lord for the power of God. It may have been during this opposition 
that Aquila and Priscilla stepped forward and, and risked their own necks for Paul. They, they, they risked their lives. They, they reached out for the opportunity to stand in the gap for, uh, for Paul. And I don't think Paul was exaggerating. I don't think this is hyperbole. I, I think he was really thankful that Aquila and Priscilla were there, fellow laborers, and, and standing with him. And he said, I give thanks for them, and the Gentile churches do as well. Probably because if, if Paul had been eliminated, if Paul had been killed in this opposition at Corinth, then there would have been so many Gentile churches that would not have come into existence. There would not have been the opportunity for all of Asia to hear the word of God and for Paul to even travel all the way to Rome. A Jew who had been, uh, would not be welcome. But yet, for two years, he was in his own house and talking about Jesus Christ and the kingdom. Praise God. Oh, our God knows how to turn things around. He knows how to bring it about in the blessing where he is glorified, where he is lifted up. Praise God. Oh, thank the Lord for those who will step in and serve. They'll step in and sacrifice. They'll go forward and do the work of the Lord. Paul and Barnabas, just as a, a side note here, in Acts 15 and 26, Paul and Barnabas were recognized at men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. They endangered their lives. They took risks with their lives. They jeopardized their lives. They stepped forward to serve and sacrifice. And thank the Lord there are those who would yet do the same thing. Aquila and Priscilla heard Apollos preaching, a young man from Alexandria. Very, very eloquent, very uh, intelligent, very learned in the scriptures. Mighty in the scriptures, the Bible says, fervent in spirit, very bold. And he taught John's teaching. He baptized John's baptism. It was, this is amazing. This is years and years and years later from what John preached. You talk about a powerful ministry. And he only ministered for about six months. But yet there were people who adhered to it. There were people that held on to it. There were people that recognized the value of it and how powerful it was. And this is what Apollos was doing. Aquila and Priscilla stood by and listened to him. No doubt they nodded. No doubt they smiled. No doubt they clapped their hands a little bit when he quoted from Scripture. And they were amazed at how he was so knowledgeable in the Word of God. And when the assembly was dismissed and when his message was over, they went and put their arm around Apollos, no doubt, and they expounded, the Bible says, or explained the way of God more perfectly. What does that mean? They shared more truth with him. They shared the truth about baptism in Jesus' name and being filled with the Holy Ghost and understanding what God is able to do and the blessings that were able to come forth. Praise God. And oh, what a difference this young man had now as he gained even more. That's the exciting thing about it. There's always more always more. Hallelujah. And we can know God and his blessings and his power. Aquila and Priscilla continued on in their ministry. Paul mentioned in 1 Corinthians 16 and 19, he mentioned the church that was in their house. See, the church didn't have church. <laughs> they couldn't meet together like this. They were, they, they were ostracized. They were a, a persecuted group. And so they would meet in houses around the, the city. 
And Aquila uh, and Priscilla welcomed people into their house. They continued their outreach. They continued their teaching. They served God with all they had. Praise God. And Paul mentioned them again. So obviously, important people. Now, in the passage that we read, Romans 16, 35 fellow laborers were mentioned. Not quite the 37 of David's mighty men, but these were mighty men and women who served with Paul in the gospel, serving the Lord, calling upon God, trusting him, walking with the Lord. And like Paul said, uh, I, I labor, he said, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. They could identify with that passage. They could, they could uh, read Colossians 1.29 and say, yep, that's what's happening in us. That's what we see taking place. That's why we keep going. That's why we don't stop. That's why we're not going to turn around. We're going to keep going. Praise God. And thank the Lord. That's where we can be as well and know the blessings of the Lord. Now, Paul himself had uh, an assurance from the Lord and, and a steadfast determination he's not going to stop. He's not going to turn around. Acts 27, the storm is raging. It's been going on for a couple of weeks. They've been in darkness. They've had uh, times when they, they threw tackle and rope and, and uh, all kinds of stuff overboard. The, the wheat, the, the cargo, they're, they're desperate. They're afraid they're going down. But Paul said, there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Praise God. You serve him, Paul? Why is he letting you go through this? Why is he, what in the world? Where, where's his hand? Where's his deliverance? Where's, where, where's he, how's he going to rescue? Paul said, he's given me assurance that not a life is going to be lost. Huh. Storm didn't stop. The ship went down. But every one of them went ashore safely. 276. You read Titanic. You read you know, any number of shipwreck situations and very rare for everyone to be rescued. Everyone to be delivered safely. But God, but God, hallelujah, amen. Fear not, Paul. The same God who knows your name can give you the same message in the middle of your storm. Praise God. And I'm thankful that's who we serve. That's who we call upon. Paul could list himself as a faithful servant of the Lord. He called himself an apostle. He called himself a prisoner of Jesus Christ. But most of the time, when he was writing in the beginning of his letters, he would call himself a servant of God, a servant of Christ. Praise God. And uh, I, I looked at Acts 20 and 19, and, uh, and again, it doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't seem like it's uh, fraught with, um, uh, with victory, with, with uh, triumph and so on. Uh, but he's, he's assuring them, I'm serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. See, he, he went through these things. 
And that's why he was so thankful for Aquila and Priscilla who would stand with him, who would walk with him, who would pray with him, who would cry with him. These tears, these temptations, the tribulation that came at the hand of those who were in opposition to his preaching. But he didn't stop him. He kept on going. Praise God. He kept on relying on the Lord. He kept on calling upon God. And he would look uh, at, at his life, he would tell Timothy, uh, I'm, my departure is at hand. Praise God. I'm glad if there's a departure, there is a destination. Amen. Going to keep on, keep on going. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me, and not to me only, but to all them that love his appearing. Praise God. That includes all of us. Amen. We don't have to be left out. We can serve. We can sacrifice. We can look ahead to what the Lord has in store for us. John, uh, as, as he opens up uh, Revelation, he, he calls himself a servant. He, he says uh, that God is going to reveal it to me. And so uh, we don't have time to go through a number of things that he saw, amazing stuff. But he tells about, in chapter 17, he tells about those who are coming with the Lord. They, uh, they, they stand with the Lord of lords and the King of kings in victory. And he says they're called, they're chosen, they're faithful. Praise God. Thank the Lord that there are those who would be in the heavenly realm who are called and chosen and faithful. We've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. We can walk in the light as he is in the light and have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us. Oh, what an incredible fellowship. What an opportunity to be together in the presence of the Lord and to know the power of God and that marvelous light is what they were able to experience together. And now it's forever. Ha, praise God. Chosen. Chosen by God, the Lord said, to bear fruit. Chosen to be a soldier, to please Jesus Christ. He, he uses that analogy in 2 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. He said, endure hardness. Stay unentangled uh, with this world. Don't, don't let yourself get wrapped up in all of these things. No, you're pleasing him who has called you to be a soldier. Praise God. And I'm thankful that there's that choice that the Lord has made for you and for me, and we can respond as well. We can be faithful. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. Oh, well, that's why we come to him. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I know I was scared of hell. I know I understood the Lord to be a judge. And I, I, I read the word of God, and, and oftentimes those things, those elements would come out of the word. And, and uh, fear drove me to the presence of the Lord. But that fear was displaced by his love by his compassion, by his mercy, praise God. And the blessings of the Lord came forth in a wonderful way. I'm thankful that John wrote Revelation 2 and 10 as he heard uh, the, the, the voice of the Lord. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Praise God. I'm thankful that we can sacrifice and we can serve. John encountered some that he thought were angels. And uh, he, he twice um, wrote that he fell down 
at their feet to worship them, whom he thought were angelic beings, I guess, or divine uh, uh, demonstrations. But he heard those individuals uh, say, I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren. Now, how can they be fellow servants and of the brethren if they're angelic beings? You know what I think? I think he was talking to somebody who made it. Somebody who lived for God. Somebody who served the Lord and sacrificed. Somebody who kept on going. And they made it into that heavenly realm. And that's why they were able to tell John, no, don't worship us. We're, we're, I'm your fellow servant. I'm, a, I'm of the brethren. I've got the testimony of Jesus Christ. Stand up. Worship God. Hallelujah. And he did it a second time. The first one was Revelation 19.10. Revelation 22 and 9, John heard and saw some wonderful things. He was overwhelmed with what he heard, what he saw, how amazing it was. And again, he fell down to worship. But again, he heard those words, I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren. Worship God. Hallelujah. Thank God that there would be those who have made it. If they made it, you can make it. Praise God. You can follow on. You can know the blessings of the Lord. You can hear, like what John said, the testimony of Jesus Christ, the words of this book. Praise God. And we can hold on to it as well. We can know the truth of the word of the Lord. We can be blessed in his power and his presence. And you will be thankful that you served and sacrificed. Yes, you will. Praise God. Amen. Aquila and Priscilla willing to pay the price, willing to risk their lives, is how one translation says it. Amen. And God blessed them in such an incredible way. It's not a risk to surrender to the Lord Jesus as though, I wonder if this is going to work. I wonder if this is going to be good. I wonder if this is going to be okay. I guarantee you it is. Amen. Praise God. Not a risk to surrender to the Lord Jesus and serve him. Not a risk to live for the Lord. It will work. It will be good. It will be powerful. There will be victory. Praise God. Does that mean everything's smooth, everything's good, everything's okay? No. We go through tests and trials because the Lord wants us to see he's faithful. He can walk on the water. He can calm the seas. He can cast out the devils that would and bring deliverance to us who are being tormented. Amen. It doesn't mean we're possessed. No, it means the devil's given us a bad time, and we need deliverance. And God steps in. Praise God. And he says, peace be still. Huh. What a God. What power. What blessing. You can be sure of a good outcome in serving the Lord. Amen. Don't stop now. Don't hold back now. Praise God. Keep on going. Stand, please. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Aquila and Priscilla, a couple that determined they're going to serve God. They're going to follow after the Lord. They're going to work for, for God. 
They're, they're not going to be stymied, not going to be stopped, and uh, they're, they're, they're not going to hold back no matter what they came up against. Praise God. They must have had times of prayer that were so powerful and so wonderful as they called upon the Lord together, as they worshiped the Lord together, as they joined with Paul and Crispus and, and uh, some of the others in Corinth and then over in Ephesus. Oh, Ephesus, those 12 followers of John the Baptist. That's all they knew. They knew repentance. They knew the power of that baptism. They knew John's uh, references to prophecy. That's, that's what they held on to. There were 12 of them. Paul encountered them. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? We haven't heard about it. Well, since the new birth is water and spirit, he inquired, how were you baptized? John's baptism. John said, follow him that was to come after him, which is on Jesus Christ. So they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Paul put his hands on them. They received the Holy Ghost, spoke in other tongues. Praise God. Oh, it just can keep going. It just can keep fulfilling. It just can keep blessing. And there will be those who will step forward and say, I'm, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to sacrifice for him because I know it's going to be worth it. We get to the other side. Revelation is confusing sometimes. Revelation is hard to understand in some of the things that, that John wrote about. But there's a lot there that I understand. There is a lot there that I want to see. Praise God. Streets of gold. Crystal sea. Gates of pearl. But even better. You know, the Lord said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Lay up treasures in heaven. I've got treasures in heaven. You've got treasures in heaven. I've got a mom there. I've got a father-in-law there. I'd love to sit down and have lunch with them. <laughs> Praise God. And someday, that marriage supper. Ooh. That's where I want to be. So, sacrifice? Yeah. But it's worth it. Serve him? Yeah. But it's worth it. Praise God. Because I'm going to see him face to face. What's it going to be like? for him to come to you. And he reaches out with his hand, nail scars, and he wipes the tears away. Don't let the devil cheat you. Don't let the devil hold you back. Don't let him lie to you. No, it's worth it. It's worth it. Praise God. Let's keep going in the Lord. Would you come and pray this, this, close this service? I know we do this every time, but it's
It's important we do it every time because we've got to commit ourselves to him again. We've got to serve and sacrifice and continue to live for him. Praise God. And oh, what a day in his presence. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. Hallelujah. Let's pray right now and just commit ourselves again to the Lord. Just let him know, I'm going to keep going, God. I'm going to keep obeying, Lord. I'm going to keep following, Lord. Sacrifice, service, it doesn't matter. I'm going to keep going. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ. I surrender. Oh, God, I pray. Oh.